Welcome back to the Off Peak, a video series from Charged Fleet covering electric fleet vehicles. I'm editor and Off Peak host Martin Ramju. Fleets are finding out that charging electric vehicles is proving to be a bigger hurdle than thought. It raises many questions and choices that a fleet manager must navigate. One big decision centers on how to pick and choose the right parking facility for charging and then retrofitting it with the right equipment. In this episode, we talk to someone who has spent the last few years matching the right parking locations with EV charging needs and demand. Alex Arguden, CEO of the Miami Parking Authority, walks us through the steps to charging up EV parking spaces. Alex, thank you for joining us on the Off Peak. Good to have you. Thank you for having me, Martin. So I wanted to start off with you giving us an overview of the EV charging infrastructure at the Miami Parking Authority and the types and frequency of users. Sure. So our infrastructure has changed quite significantly since we started looking at EVs. Uh, About seven years ago or so, we started hearing about you know, electric vehicles, and we always wanted to be in the forefront of, okay, let's let's be the first ones to implement something. We just didn't know what that something was going to be. And, and I can tell you that seven years ago, I would never have imagined that we were be here where we're talking about having a fleet of electric vehicles. Uh, and nonetheless, mm-hmm. the requirements that now the city is requiring for us to have in new developments for EV, for EVs. So seven years ago, you know, we started with, uh, painting the the, the, the the ground spaces um, green. And we would say for electric vehicles or hybrid vehicles only. And then we we sat there and watched to see who would come and, and take charge of, you know, those, those spaces. And of course, not too much to our surprise, there was not many. Um, and as time passed, there was always one or two that would trickle in and they were typically hybrid cars. And we said, well, maybe we put a charging station maybe somebody else would come in and they would use it. And they were very expensive at the time and very few people were providing that. There was very few vendors. Mm-hmm. I remember that we installed our first uh, 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 charge uh, charging uh, machine in one of our facilities uh, where we house a lot of the residents that live across the street. And then we started getting a little bit of utilization and we thought, oh, we're onto something. And in one of our neighboring cities, uh, Miami Beach was doing an implementation as well uh, because they also house a lot of their residents in some of their facilities. So we have now gone from having one or two spaces in uh, our entire, all um, our, our garages to now having, we have about 20 spaces in six garages uh, dedicated for EVs. And that is is it is grown significantly from seven years to where we are now. And although it doesn't seem like quite a lot, we turn over the space quite 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 a bit. Um, what we're seeing now is that in having those those that equipment, um, people are asking for more. Uh, they're asking for single charging points, which we've never had, uh, because they want to stay overnight. There has been an influx, um, as you know, of uh, people moving here from the north and even from mm-hmm. the West. And so they are now, there's so many buildings being built and residential apartments being built, especially here in the urban core where we have the majority of our um, 
uh, our facilities that they are now asking, hey, you know, we have we need a place to park. We have an electric vehicle and we need a place to charge. And so all of a sudden, it's a, a new world for us where before we were standalone parking garage. Now we have uh, residential units that are connected to our building. And we are right now uh, going to redevelop two of our older facilities, where which were only parking garages. They're going to become a mixed-use project, which will now house more residents that we've never had. So that changes the dynamic of the need that we need um, in, to to implement in our in our facilities. And I'll tell you, we are looking at the city mandates for our new developments to have twenty percent of our spaces to be electrified, EV ready um, in the future. It sounds like you're facing some of the challenges and options that fleet operations do, uh, especially as they're phasing in electric vehicles. So how should they go about determining and deciding whether to outfit a parking lot or, or facility to EV charging infrastructure? So I think that they need to see really what the cost is, is their demand and the convenience, right? And so for us, this is what we do for a living. We we build park, we have parking garages, we manage and operate parking garages and lots. You know, mm-hmm. do you have the capacity? And so that becomes costly because these, these garages were built a very long time ago. The infrastructure typically is already old. So can you do it? And is it worth doing it? For us, it was worth it because we knew at a certain point, about three or four years ago, we decided that little by little as our fleet uh, reached its point where we needed to turn it over, we would now only get hybrids and electric vehicles. So with that said, I have 92 vehicles that my fleet is 92, we have 92 vehicles uh, mm-hmm. for our organization. And turning 92 spaces around in this in this facility, we knew we had to electrify at some point. And it was going to be costly, but we knew that long term, it was it was going to be worth it. Um, and so we did it to the point to not only house us, but the residents that were coming next door. So I think that I think fleets need to take a look at long term. They cannot take a look at what's happening today because the cost today is going to be different tomorrow. So I think they need to plan for bigger, mm-hmm. um, you know, to to increase their fleets in the future. And I think all municipals are taking a look at that. Now, once a fleet has identified an existing parking lot or, or structure that they want to electrify, what are some of the primary steps that the managers should be taking in adapting them to EV chargers? Well, I, I think the first thing they have to look at is, you know, the ability to increase their power. Uh, is, is, that, is that doable? Uh, do they have enough capacity in their electrical box uh, to run? Uh, the power and put their equipment there um, because if it, if it if it doesn't then that's that's a good point right then you have to look at okay am I sending my my vehicle somewhere in near proximity that I could maybe leave some spaces that overnight they could charge their vehicles and then go there to retrieve them in the morning I mean some people need to become very creative because they don't have the capacity that we have I have right here an 800 space garage so it's easy for me to to you know move in this space and be able to provide that. So I think having that is number one. It, you know, do you have the power? Can you run the power? What kind of power do you need? Is it level two, level one? You know, if it's going to be fast charging, then that's a, that's a whole different conversation, right? Um, I don't think any of us are there. We all have pretty much level twos right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other thing is is the big hot topic, uh, and and it's a topic that I think nationwide we're talking about. Can you 
electrified? Can you increase the, the amount of electricity that's running to your facilities? And does the utility company have the power in that grid where you're at to, to be able to provide you with what you need? Mm -hmm. As you know, there are are many of these uh, depots, EV depots cropping up that uh, where you can lease access or you can rent access to them. What are some of the pros and cons for a fleet operation as to whether they should contract with outside charging facilities or they should go about installing an in-house charging network? That's a great question. Um, as a pro, being in, in a facility where my fleet is at, I get to manage a lot of it. I get to see what's coming in, how long it's taking to charge, is there a problem with the vehicle, the maintenance of it, mm -hmm. um, you know, and so that that becomes very uh, control uh, in a controlled environment where we know, you know, is is that car working for us? You know, typically the municipal fleets are highly utilized. They don't they don't really sit idle. For example, we have enforcement. Our enforcement vehicles are on the street all day long. Um, and they stop, they give a citation, they come back in, the, the, the car's on idle almost all day. So it doesn't really turn off and on. And so we always wanna see how much battery we're drawing. And when we're here, we get to control that. However, that also comes at a cost. It does cost for you to plug in. The electric bill is higher. Uh, we need to now dedicate spaces to those vehicles, right? That doesn't allow me to now turn over the space in my garage. You know, would it be, would it be easier for me or cheaper for me to lease from somewhere else, go there at night, know that it's charged, you know, send my 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 officers or my staff to the parking lot or a place that's close by and, and get their vehicles charged there and picked up. That may be an option for some people that may not have the money because I, I luckily I, I'm able to do it. But there's a lot of uh, smaller cities, Martin, that don't have the, the budget to do that. You mentioned uh, working with, with utilities. Um, if you have a fleet operation which has a plan to phase in electric vehicles, how do they communicate or begin working with a utility to make sure that they have the power sourcing for the EV chargers, especially if they're in an area or facility that, that does not have all of the, the electric sourcing that, that would be needed? It's a little bit of a power struggle sometimes uh, with our utility vendor. Uh, because they also want to be in the EV charging, you know, a, um, station uh, place. So mm -hmm. they're competing also with the vendors. Um, and not only for the actual stations, but also for the, they, they're the ones that provide the power. I think communication and being able to uh, communicate with them what the, these projects are looking like. Before, we never had to bring for our project the utilities in for a meeting on what we were doing. You're just running power. You're powering your your you know, the garage or the mixed use project, and then you're done. There's typical power that runs through there. You know, you pull the permit, you get the, the electricity pulled through. And, but now you're talking about adding a load to a grid that may not be able to handle it. So now you're finding that as part of your permit process, as part of your project, when you're talking about a project, you got to bring them in from the get-go so that you know that if you're planning for this, great, that I can electrify my building. And if I turn the power on, what happens? You know, am I going to knock the power out? Um, do they know that I'm only using level two? How about if I want to do fast charging tomorrow? Which is always my question, you know, and, and when you talk about Teslas, for example, that you have the fast chargers, mm -hmm. 
that's that's very different. And I remember, you know, being in very uh, talks, you know, extensive talks with Tesla at the time that they wanted to put about 10 stations, but it was all fast charging. And we, we couldn't do it because we didn't have enough power where we were to be able to provide that. And so I think that that was the beginning of the conversation. This is about three or four years ago. Now, bringing them into the fold is going to be very important. People need to realize, and I think in any government entity, that we could actually have the conversations. I think it's actually easier for us as a government entity to your, to your utility provider than it is for like a private developer to be able to talk to a utility provider to say, hey, you know, this is going to come. Now, when you look at the progress that you and the Miami Parking Authority has has made on uh, in getting the chargers installed, what were some of the most valuable lessons and unforeseen challenges that you faced when setting all of this up? If you could share that with fleet managers who are about to go through what you did. So valuable lessons, I think, was definitely not knowing what it took you know, we we jumped into it thinking we're going to provide this as an amenity and then we could check off the box and say we have a charging station at our garage and be done. Mm-hmm. And and then we figured out, oh, this is not as easy as it seems. Are you ready to do that? And, you know, in, in life, you learn what you do know and what you do well, and then you learn what you don't do well and what you don't know. Right. And I think that's very powerful. And so when we started, uh, we we put these charging stations in and we were paying for it. We were um, maintaining them. We had to answer all the uh, complaints that we got if they weren't working. And I thought, oh, we're not good at this. Um, And we weren't. We we didn't know what we were doing. And uh, we did eventually uh, put it out. Uh, We we did an RP. We went out and we wanted a a turnkey operation where the vendor does everything. They provided the equipment for us. They did the maintenance. They are the ones that were responsible for any complaints if something wasn't working, any upgrades. And I mean, everything has advanced so much since we um, since we started uh, this program that now you even have screens where you can generate revenue off advertising, right? Um, and so we were providing this as an amenity to the users, but now um, we any little revenue that we make, we we typically make off of that. And it's been a successful program. We're still providing it more than an amenity than anything else, I would say. But if that's what you're looking for. Um, there are opportunities for you to be able to generate revenue. I do think that there are pluses for you to plan uh, for the future. Our job is to provide public spacing that now is being taken up by these spaces. So it's kind of a balance, Martin. And I think fleets, to me, it was worth it. If I could have done it all over again, I would still do it here today. And quite frankly, I think that I have a responsibility in the lots that are public lots to also provide some EV charging for the public to be able to use off off site, um, because there are cars that I think there's a barrier for fleets to exist or to continue to grow because there's nowhere for them to charge, right? And I think the barrier is that charging point. Um, and so we feel that we should provide that. And so we are working with a lot of these uh, vendors uh, and you know that there's a lot of infrastructure money coming down. Um, we got to prepare for the future and, and, and the future's here. And I'm seeing it more and more in our facilities. The utilization of these spaces uh, has increased, has twofold increased. And it's it's crazy how they say, you know, by it's, it's going to increase by the year 2050. Yeah. Yeah. I just thought of a real quick bonus question here, but um, how, how do you ensure that the chargers are reliable most of the time? And how do you minimize maintenance downtime? 
So um, great question. We uh, we have an app that tells us apps tell you everything, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, not only does it tell you, hey, there's something wrong, it's offline, or it needs to have maintenance done. As part of, and I recommend that everybody looks into this, as part of our contract, it's required for maintenance to be done on a regular. And it's your responsibility to audit that and make sure that that's happening because you're providing a service that people are relying on, that you're selling to the public, that you're telling the public, come park with me and charge your vehicle, right? And so we do have a way for us to know how the systems are working and if they're ever down. We also uh, know that one of the things we wanted because we are in a public parking garage was for people not to park there all day long. So we wanted them to turn over the space so they get notified once they have been fully charged, they can notify through a, a text message that their car is fully charged and then they have a certain amount of time to come and move their car. So for a fleet, um, you don't have to have that option, but I think municipals and, 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 and you know, different municipalities in different cities should think of not only providing for their own fleet, but for the public as well, as a revenue generator or as an amenity um, to have people park with them and then make sure that they have all these options um, to set, you know, to signal to their customers when they have to move, a charge has been made. So I think everybody needs to be responsible. I think you have to educate also your staff and the people are using these vehicles of what it takes to maintain them. All right. Well, that's certainly a lot of good advice. And I know we could probably talk a, a lot longer on it, but thank you so much for joining us, Alex. And uh, we'll definitely be getting into this topic more. Thank you. Thank you so much, partner, for having me. I really appreciate it. Anything I could do to be of service, please contact me. All right, we'll do. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks to Alex Arguedin of the Miami Parking Authority for some valuable lessons on EV parking and charging. Remember to follow and connect with us on social media, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and sign up for our weekly Charged Fleet e-newsletter to stay up to date on the latest EV industry news. I'm Martin Ramji with Charged Fleet. Thank you for joining us, and we hope to see you again here on another fully charged episode of The Off Peak.